<laughs> he's on the, the, yeah, the, he's the on board a, he's that floats. <laughs> Do you remember when that came out? He was buying a boat with the American flag, and everyone was like, what in the world are they actually doing with this meta stuff? And then this pops out. This art is great. <laughs> We had to do a show. Beeple was on impulsiveness. You watch this entire show, and it's kind of funny because if you don't know who he is, guy's made art for 15, 20, I think he's had a long, long career making cool art, but he sells this NFT for $69 million, right. which is like what, a, a accumulation of all of his work for what, 5,000 pieces of art? Is that what it is? Yeah, so his his 5,000th piece that he ended up selling at Christie's uh, was... Uh, like a collage. It was a collage of all of his other art. Yeah, here's a great shot of it. Yeah, so, I don't know how big you have to blow this baby up. 20 by like 20, 30 by are? 30 feet so you can actually see it. You, you, I don't really know, or is that not the point? If I'm, I'm not so artsy, so I just don't know what's so cool. I think it's both in. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is something you hang in a house. Like, if I've got a gigantic wall and I bought this NFT... I'm just like, no, I want it blown up. Could I you want- imagine? It would look really cool. If it was like a 30 foot by 30 foot, you could put all those images together. At the very least, it'd be an amazing conversation starter. If you've got like, I, I've got the Duke of York coming over the day. Right. We're going to have him look at my piece of... Uh, well, you spend some time flipping through here. I mean, you can see he's got an array of different things. Some of them are awfully, you know, off the wall, kind of dirty, little edgy, little political, kind of funny. But, uh, you know, we're going to get to this big point of what he uh, talked about in this deal uh, in that podcast here in just a second. But we want to set you up and let you know who Beeple is because it's kind of crazy. Guy, hard-nosed guy, mm-hmm. getting in there every single day. I think what he stands for is uh, his every day, right? He posts right. one of these pictures every single day, makes some kind of art. And I tell you, he's got some crazy technologies using. You you draw, you do things. Yep. Like, what in the world is he even using to be able to accomplish this I could, level I couldn't of art nail down, I couldn't nail down his actual setup, his, his the rig that he's using or anything like that. But a lot of the things that you can see that he's reusing certain images, and a lot of them feel like a 3D image. So he's probably got a rig that's set up with 3D imaging, and uh, he can manipulate the angles, the, the shadings, and everything like that. And the main reason that's important is because a lot of his art, since he's doing it every day, it needs to be done within a window of time that makes it so that you're not spending 15 hours on a piece of art. Right. I, I think I remember seeing him on Joe Rogan. If you haven't heard, it's a real long, drawn-out kind of deal, but he's a pretty interesting character. And if I remember, it's some kind of a setup where you have access to uh, Putin's faces. You mm-hmm. have access to um, d- different sets, setups with like bookcases, towers, cities, all those kinds of things. So I think he, from what I understand, he puts them together in an image kind of softens things out to make it become one image but the guy's funny yeah the the guy's really funny i mean some of his art's pretty sketchy pretty funny well i also (laughs) like the way he comes about most of it like he he, you think about how some people are inspired and what their muses are and things like that and he specifically said like he has tvs up in his studio that are just rolling constantly on like current news footage he's got what do you say cnn on one side fox news on the other all kinds of other images just kind of rolling through which I mean, you can clearly see in some of his other stuff where it's like, man, that is the most political thing I have. Like one thing, you'll never see it in Time magazine or anything like that because it's that's way too graphic. But it it's saying something very similar. Yeah. When you look at some of the art and you see that he's actually watching politics most of the time in the art, you're like, oh, yep, I could see that. It wasn't like you were watching Barney today. I might be able to tell you exactly what day that came from. In fact, (laughs) it is it is really interesting. But one of the coolest things, though, out of the whole interview, and, you know, I'm a big podcast listener. I enjoy listening to podcasts. 
Uh, but sometimes they're a little lengthy, you know, they get a little bit long. And I think the essence sometimes from a person being interviewed is like, mm -hmm. what do they stand for? And I thought it was super interesting. The Mike guy in there, he kind of summed up what he said a little bit better. Let me pull it up because I want to say it verbatim because I actually thought it was literally perfect. He said, you don't have a lack of ideas mm -hmm. in creativity. You have a lack of deadlines. And mm -hmm. to me, that really like hit home because, you know, when you think of a guy making a photo every single day, right. the level of creativity and the level of thought process that you would have to do in the discipline mm -hmm. would be through the roof. And you know how many times that he probably sits there, has no idea, but the fact that he just sat down and he's like, oh no, I have to do this by midnight. Wherever right. I'm at, it has to be posted by midnight. The amount of drive and determination and kind of sort of what comes out of that, it, it blows my mind actually. Well, it's it's crazy too, because even when you scroll through his images on Instagram or anything else, you can see that there's like an iteration and an iteration and a new iteration of a very similar image. And some of it looks like he's legitimately toying with some idea that he hasn't quite captured yet, which I don't think is bad. Like some people are like, well, if you're doing 5,000, I want 5,000 new and original. But that's not the point. The point is really I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm devoting an amount of time every day to engage with this craft, with this art, with this idea. And I'm going to, I'm going to produce something that at least shows where I'm at right now. And I think that like, even if I took that home and just said, well, that's what I'm going to do with you know, uh, running cause I'm trying to be a better runner or swimming cause I'm trying to be a better swimmer or, you know, just, I want to be a better leader in my organization. And I put that kind of effort towards it. Like that would be, you know, at the end of 5,000 days of, of posting sure, whatever sure. that would be, I would imagine I would be better at it. Well, he's has a one iteration of his art that I think would be a good example of what you're referring to mm -hmm. is, uh, his split head design. Yes. I mean, we, we thumb through it, trying to look at all of his different art and what he does is he makes a, a split head and, uh, kind of like half and half and you see whatever's in the, in the brain parts of where this head would be. And it's, it is, it's a, it's a really weird image that he uses over and over again with different people's faces. And I think they even asked in the interview, like, Hey, you know, what are you trying to say with a lot of your art? And, and he kind of passes it off and says, you know, uh, some, some of it's just, I'm just putting a piece of art out. Cause it was something that, that struck me that day. I'm not trying to say anything with it, Uh huh. but then there's uh -huh. other ones where you look at it and you're like, <laughs> nah, man, you're, you're definitely saying something with this art, which isn't a bad thing, but it is. I mean, it's a, it's a thing being said. Well, he has a clever style too. I mean, most of these artists probably have some kind of a style that they stick to and, you know, the splitting of the head and having things come out of it, obviously is kind of trying to depict what you're thinking or, or what's on their mind. But, uh, the overall statement, I just found it to be so crazy. Cause when you're looking at trying to develop motivation and do certain things and you, you pick a direction and you try to figure out the best way to accomplish your goal, Right. And you get a process going, you get a habit going. We've talked about this in previous shows. You get this habit going, but most of the time it's just, you just got to sit down. You just got to right. sit down and continue doing the process. It's kind of right. an interesting concept that you've got an art guy that's not trying to be a motivation guy. He has an hour and a half podcast talking with impulsiveness, dude, Jake Paul talking with Joe Rogan. And the biggest takeaway is that this guy's a grinder, a hard worker, set out a blueprint, put his nose down, and then he struck when the moment was right. Right. He sold the project. He sold his, you know, an accumulation of all of his art mm -hmm. for $69 million because the NFT popped up. It became huge all in a wave. You're not hearing a whole lot about it now. I'm sure there's people probably still selling and buying NFTs. Sure. But the idea that someone could buy 
all of his art, but it took him 10 years, 15 years of all this continuous grind to be ready for the moment to get richer than any man ever could imagine overnight off your art. Over seconds. And the crazy part, to me at least, the crazy part is he did not start 15 years ago making this art with the intention of my 5,000th piece I will sell. And, and it I, will be everything. Right. But, yeah. but like that that nebulous idea that, no, I'm just going to improve. I'm going to commit to myself that I'm going to do this. Because like no one's holding them to a contract. Sure. Like it's one thing if you're doing a book and the book is like, hey, we're going to publish this on this date. And if you don't have the book done, like you're you're in breach of contract. Right. This is just him. He's just decided I'm going to do this every day for the betterment of my art, for the betterment of my own um, efforts, for all of those sorts of things. And then, you know, he's 10 years down the line. He's like, ooh, I've got, you know, thousands of pieces that have all collected. Right. I've now started putting them on Instagram. I've now started doing all these other things. And NFTs are kicking off, and, and that's a thing. And hmm. And now he can start having ideas that, that couldn't exist. Like, I couldn't have that idea right now. I don't have 5,000 pieces of art in my portfolio to put together. Right. It, it seems kind of risky, though. If you haven't pulled your money out of the crypto world for the NFTs, I don't know that I would leave it in there. It just seems so up and down and based on the blockchain and whether or not the technology is going to make it and whether or not anybody's going to have cryptos in five, six, seven years, which crypto are you going to own, mm-hmm. all those things. I hope he's just stashed like tons of that money away and got it out of there, you know? Uh, it is it is a crazy, crazy world because he was paid in crypto. He wasn't yeah. paid in like dollar bills. Here That's you go. the idea of NFT, right? The NFT, of, if you if you don't know anything about an NFT, I'm not going to begin to explain to you that I'm the most knowledgeable person on it. But one cool video to get you started mm-hmm. is that Johnny Harris guy. He makes YouTube videos and it's kind of like a docu-series feel or a, a documentary, every mm-hmm. single one of them. And it's a pretty good listen if you are if you're being introduced to a topic. I don't know that you could find a more engaging video. Look up Johnny Harris NFT talk, okay. and uh, you, you'll probably get a good look at generally what an NFT is, how it's attached to cryptos, what it all means. Um, but I don't know. If, I, I don't know. You know, if I could sell something as an NFT for hundreds of million dollars, don't get me wrong, I'm all I'm in. Do it. But I really just don't get that whole deal to the extent that maybe you should to make sure you don't lose all your money. If you know what I mean? I'm hearing all these rich people talk about on podcasts now where they're just like losing money left and right because the drops and values and all those sorts of things. So let's say, let's say this, because I do think you're right. I think he is attached to the NFT and he will be forever attached to the NFT, which, you know, it's kind of like all, all artists, they're attached to whatever thing they were new and, and, um, novel, in the creation. Of. And so he is very much tied to NFT the same way, you know, Picasso is tied to like this reductionist and, um, you know, Rembrandt is tied to, you know, all the, all the different artists are tied to their style. He's kind of tied to NFTs, but that's not really his story. Like right. his story is 14 years of not NFT. Like that existed for so long. And I actually like one of the things he said in the interview, cause I think it's, it's true of, of most jobs. It's just very shown in that job. He gets a paycheck for sixty nine thousand or sixty five sixty nine million million wrong, million dollars. Wrong number of zeros. <laughs> he gets he gets paid sixty nine million dollars for one piece of art. But that one piece of art is literally a collection of every piece of art he has ever made, which kind of ties in the idea of yeah. he got one paycheck for the fifteen years of work that he had put in up to that point, and that's. In reality, that's what we're all doing. Like when you look at the 
the last paycheck I will receive uh, after the end of my retirement and everything else. That is a, a cumu- an accumulation. You got a broke down version of that monster check, basically. Exactly. I got it weekly. He got it all in one shot. But that is like that's that's what you're getting paid for. You're getting paid for the grind, the effort that you put in day to day. Some people get it like we do, week to week, month to month. Some people like he got it in a very like poetic, very artistic way. This is all of your work up till now. Sixty nine million dollars worth. <laughs> One thing I think that's very cool about his art, though, is whatever kind of software and things that he's using to develop the art. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome of what's to come. I mean, if you can develop those style pictures mm-hmm. and then you're readily available giving them, have you, oh, here's one. Have you actually seen this new stuff where you can uh, type in an algorithm what you want it to create and it'll create images? No. Um, it literally exists. You can say, I want an apple and it'll give you 10 renditions of an apple. And, and this the is AI will draw it. And then they've back looked and looked throughout the scoured the internet. No, it literally made the picture. Oh, so it's not like it's, it's not it, it's not pulling babies. It's not pulling like in his world. He's actually pulling other people's mm-hmm. art and bringing them together, and then making things on top of the image right. to make it look awesome, basically. Yes. But what the AI versions can do is they literally draw art, and they will crawl the internet to find out what's cool, and they will make you as many images as you want. So what they found is more or less. Red flag should be out there right. for Human, sure for all digital makers. And it, once again, you're like, Jesus, if, if that's actually the case and you're looking at digital art, like this will be almost in a couple of years, probably a thing of the absolute past. You'll go to Google. You'll say, hey, I need an image of an apple. I need a thumbnail of this. And it'll literally pop out a picture for you. So you kind of so, wonder if he didn't just have the epitome of the ultimate capitalization of the arc of his entire career, sells the NFT, Makes his $69 million, completely capitalizes on the environment, and then it's all dead in five right. years. Well, that's the part that I, like, I'm struck by the idea, because we had just talked to before we started this one, of like, you know, the one thing that will probably continue to be something that humans can sell of themselves is creativity. Like, we, we're going to lose the factory jobs to the robots. We're going to lose the driving jobs to the robots. We're going to lose, like, all kinds of jobs to the robots. But now it sounds like, we're also going to lose straight art. We're going to yeah. lose art jobs to the robot. I'm going to have to look um, a little bit more in depth to, to give you some more like exact details. But the general, con- that, that's literally what it was doing. It was able to create art and it was unique art. And it was literally what you would type into it and it would spit out images. And they weren't recreated through the internet. They were literally renditions from the algorithm. So I could do kind of what he has done and say, I want to... Uh, you know, I want the head of X world leader on the top of a squid carrying briefcases and nuclear bombs in, in all of its arms. Pick one of 20. And it, it will show me images of that instantly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was just about to say what. Did he inspire you to be an artist and no, not no, just no. ruin your dreams? What I was going to say was <laughs> was uh, Beeple has put together a way of like streamlining art to a degree where like you can spend two and a half hours and create art that says something to the world, but you've only really spent two and a half hours to do it. You think of like uh, Leonardo da Vinci and people like that. They're spending months and years. Like Mona Lisa was a year's worth project. Well, that's what's kind of impressive too about his concept is he has idea after idea after idea inspired and then with the digital art format that he utilizes, 
boom, there it is. Boom, there it is. I mm-hmm. made that in two hours. That one's going to take me five hours. So I'll do that on a different day. Boom, boom, boom. All these things come out and, and really you're getting the dumping of his creativity every single day. While maybe that's the future of it is going to be like, who's got an idea? Just type it in. You don't even have to spend the time doing the brush, doing the paint, make that darker. You know, could you literally type that in? I need more darkness to it. Pick out of five images. The one thing that's kind of funny that I think computers and algorithms have proven over and over and over I don't need to type anything as long as you give me something in the ballpark of what I'm shooting for. So could you imagine you're in there in your digital world, you're trying to make a, trying to get your idea to come across and you're like, I just need this to be a darker image, 17 shots. So I like that one. It will not even be, not be where the darkness I wanted it, but maybe the computer did it in a better way anyway. And that's just fine. Well, the crazy thing too, is on a lot of these images, they are iterations upon the same sort of thing. Like, He's got images with Kanye West's face. Uh, he's got images with the astronaut. And, and the astronaut and, and piles of face, those kind of images are, are all over it. Look, there's another one where the legs. I think he's got this same sort of image with the um, you got Star Toad. Wars type of feel. With... Yeah, yeah. So he's got that one. He's got another one with Shrek's head on top. They're, they're very similar images. I would so love to ways. ask him what the deal is with Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. Shrek, mm-hmm. and penises. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got, a lot of, got a lot of dick pics. So let's say that. Let, let's go with that. If you had if you had a question to ask people, he was in here because I think every, that's the that's the best part of any interview. Any interview, you're you're getting to see an image of what the person um, asking the question, like what is their world, and now where does that world intersect with the person I'm interviewing? What would be your question to people? My question to people. Let me think. It doesn't have to be. I have one. You do. I have one because when I look at a lot of his art, we kind of look to this for hours looking at different, you know, where he came from. What was the evolution of it? Looked like much things were a lot brighter early, a lot more of personal drawings, probably in some aspect in the digital world. As it moved forward, you know, we kind of discussed it looked like it's got a little darker, Mm -hmm. more pornography, that kind of thing going on. Pop Um, over to the the big image that has all of them, his his uh, 5000th image. Uh, all right, here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of see that in this. Up in the upper left, it's all white. Like that was definitely some of his own drawing. You're right. Well, the the my question, so to answer your question, mm-hmm. I would want to know where the uh the line of the pornography stuff started to come in. Was it all out of like jokes because it's more funny or was it to sell clicks? Yeah, that's what I want to know. So what at what point did that become the addition? Yeah, because I feel like everything in digital, everything on the computer, whether it be podcasting business, no matter what it is, there's this it factor that you have. Mm -hmm. And then you have to combine it with what people want. Mm hmm. And so I, I want to know, did it, was it because of a response? Yeah. You don't like super bad when the guy's drawing like massive oh, pictures of dicks and veins and it's just like funny, you know, it's a really funny part of the movie. But to me, like that couldn't have been your thing. That was a joke. You know right. what I mean? So if I was to give an interesting question, I would want to know, was the addition to your art with the pornography side of stuff that's very cool. It looks very good. It's very well set up. It actually adds a lot of kind of almost laughter to most everything you're trying to do in like and, the political world. It's like, <laughs> you know, it, it and some vulgarity chuckle. that makes you like reconsider the piece. Like, oh, right. Well, that's 
That's weird. Right. So I kind of wonder, was that driven by your creativity and your willingness to just go there? Or was it created to get clicks and likes and you followed the train of clicks and likes like most do? Mm-hmm. That was what you want to know. How about you? You thought about this or did you just throw this on me well, blankly? I, I threw it on to you blankly, but I, I, it is funny because when I look at his his big piece here and you get to see kind of the the direction it went through i'm assuming top right is the big or top top left left is beginning and then as you move down it's a little bit more towards the future stuff that's what i'm assuming that's that's it's hard to kind of see because it's awfully small i don't know how big this would have to be to actually truly see these images when i look at most of his images i'm thinking of like you remember the band live I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even I'm thinking of like um, uh, Creed. Uh, I literally just said, "Can you take yeah. me if I had?" <laughs> but like a lot of his images look like those. Now, some of them might be like people paid him to do it because in I the know beginning that, times for sure there yeah. was an awful lot. But like of these that. right here, like the picture of the person, uh, the the metallic uh, ma- mannequin right there. Right. Like that looks like it is. Uh, I think Aerosmith has a album called play and this could come right out of it like a lot of his art seems to be in that realm i wonder was he inspired by and i guess that would be my question what was your original inspiration for most of your developing your style because you've got the images in the upper or you got turkey man who is attacking a child like (laughs) what what was the original inspiration to go into a style because while each one of these images has their own like inspiration and, and why i went there for this one um, I think the style is all similar enough that if you threw a Beeple piece on on the uh, computer and anyone saw it, they would go, oh, that's a Beeple. So he's got a style. What inspired that strange Santa Claus with a refinery growing out of his temple? What 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 inspires this? It's kind of funny because in that podcast, he does. He talks a little bit about how, you know, some of it's just a little off the wall, some of it's this, some of it's that, but I don't know. It, when you look, from piece to 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 piece. Five thousand times. You got five thousand of them. It kinda seems like you got some some stuff spinning in your wheels and you mean to do what you're doing. It's not just rocket science for you to duplicate a concept three thousand pictures ago that it's a a similar format. So it's kind of interesting to see his style, but that'd be a pretty good question, I guess. I do I do like I did kind of like where Logan Paul went with the just the the general question of like, hey, you you had a grind, you had a pacing, you had a thing that you intended to do, whether it was 5,000 or it was 10,000, because he's not done. He's right. still making a new one every day. He made his 5,000th piece, and he's now made 5,001 and two and three. He didn't stop there. Like That well, was like the he cre- end of the project. He created an, an identity of what is him, and then he grinds, and he figured out ways to co- capitalize on what he's great at. Right, and so in that way, like Logan Paul's questions were kind of revolving around, like, well, now that you've found a way to sell that, not that you weren't selling your art before, because I mean, he is a digital artist. He also, as I mentioned, like the album art cover, he has sold album art cover to multiple people. He did a project with Madonna where they're raising money for charity. Like he does digital art. That is his employment. Um, but he, 69 million says, you don't have to do this anymore. You don't have to make 5,001. And yet he still does. And I do think it has a lot to do with like, what habits have you made that shape your identity? And now that you have that habit, like, and this is who you are, like, what's coming out of that? Right. Because something could happen on his 6,000th, like his 6,000th image. We don't know what it'll be yet. He's not near it yet. But like, 
what will be happening at his 6,000th image that all of a sudden will, will mean something as well. And I like that the grind that he has put in will make it so that he will have something to say, you know, two years from now, because he's, he's, he's forcing himself to continue to be a part of the conversation. And I love that. So we ask you, what will your 6,000th image be? It's weirdly hard to say. Yeah. Close it out on that, huh? <laughs>